Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. everyone scott hansen here from nfl red zone i hope you're checking out one hour of five yard rush one of the best podcasts on nfl football in the uk yo yo rush nation welcome to another week we're back it's me and murph we're in the studio absolutely buzzing couple possibly three guests this week but we're gonna say two definite and then this one so this isn't a guest this is a podcast <laughs> but i'm joined with murph murph how you doing buddy you saying i'm not a guest no, you are. Well, you are, like, full-time guest. Yeah, full-time guest. Full-time guest, full-time listener, full-time subscriber. Although, if you keep breaking stuff in the studio, you'll be banished back to your <laughs> own house, let me tell you. Yes, that was a bit of a boo-boo at the end of last week's episode. Luckily, we weren't on video, because that would have been a real blooper. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. That is a loud spike on your uh, little thing down there. I'm not sure what that's going to sound like for Rush Nation. We've had some reviews. We appreciate those massively. Keep them churning out because you are starting to get us trended in the right direction on iTunes. I don't really... How, how do we do, Murph? Where are we in the world? So, under the iTunes Sports Recreation Professional Podcast. I don't know how we classed as professional, but that's have fine. Have you seen our setup? We that's true. pure professional here. Um, we ranked 140th this week. Now, to put that into context, the podcast that we finished higher than were Move the Sticks, uh, the DDFP, and NFL Fantasy Football Live. So just just a couple of small podcasts, you know. That's we're not by the NFL. <laughs> yeah, we're not blowing our own trumpet or anything, but we're pretty pretty pleased with that. And it's down to the reviews which you guys kindly give us, I suppose. It's 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 really massively down to that. So we've we've got some new listeners on the back of the fact that I think people are finding us and people that are taking the time to review us. It makes a massive difference to our podcast. It really allows us to reach even more people. It allows us to do more things, get amazing guests. And I keep repeating that because it really is down to that, that we're able to do some of the things that we do and get some of the influences that we do. So if you haven't already, please 
rate and subscribe to the podcast. In fact, you know what we're going to do? I haven't talked to you about this, but I think we're just going to roll with it. Is we talked about giving away some copies of the Bob Lung Consistency Guide and give away copies of the Black Book. So here's what I propose. Okay. We're at currently 46 review and ratings yep. on iTunes. When we get to 60, so that's 14 more, we will give away a copy of each to two people. Random people. Basically, anybody that has left us a review on iTunes. Now, most people out there thinking, I don't have iTunes, da 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 There's a couple of ways in which uh, you can do it if you want to enter, and that is you can set up an iTunes account on your laptop and leave us a review on there. You don't have to have an iPhone to do it. Um, if you don't want to go to those lengths, you can steal somebody's iPhone. Um, I say steal, like I mean like a family member, like your sister or your wife or something and put a review in on them or get them to do it like ultimately for us it doesn't matter the name on the review as long as it's five stars so we will give away two copies of the black book and two copies of the consistency guide as long as we reach 60 reviews so the sooner we do that then obviously the quicker we give the guides away and we'll include everybody that has written us a review to date marvelous which i think is fair um and if you haven't been able to because you don't have an iphone again you can go online and do it through your itunes account on your desktop or if you don't want to install itunes and completely understand if you don't want to borrow somebody's iphone at work or whatever and just get to to write a review on there and and then get in touch with us send it to us so we know it's you and uh, then that way you'll have every chance of of winning it and if you've already written us a review and you want a double ticket to win borrow someone's iphone or borrow someone's uh, ipad or whatever it might take double ticket why not i think it's there's ways in which you can give yourself more lottery tickets for us it doesn't matter as long as we reach the 60 so the way we're trending that is about six to seven weeks which hopefully this will spur that to be more like two to three weeks that's the plan and yeah and their prizes worth winning i've read both guides yeah well you've heard both podcasts exactly these guys are no joke in the fantasy industry and to have them on is an absolute honour. So just please leave us the reviews. Get yourself in the lottery. And you never know, you could have a copy of each heading your way real soon. Absolutely. Talking of reviews, got two new ones. Uh, the first one is from Pick and P, And that was via Apple Podcasts because that's the only way you can do an iTunes review. And it's the title is UK Doing It Right. Uh, five stars. Thanks very much. And it reads, these are doing it right across the pond. And I'm so happy that the sport is growing so fast over there. Keep up the good work, gents. Really enjoy it. These can help you get ready for your upcoming fancy season. Neither a truer word spoken, I don't think. And then the other one was informative and interesting. Five stars from Daniel Mader, a.k.a. MDFF Show. And he said, this podcast not only has the ability to get fantastic guests, but also gives you great analytical insights into all the players a great podcast to listen to and learn how to become a complete fantasy player. So thank you very much for those guys. Keep them coming in, Rush Nation. Murph and I have, we haven't mentioned this properly together yet, but we, we talked about it. We are considering doing a live show along with a live draft for a listener league. Now, the details of this haven't been confirmed yet, and we appreciate that some of you are thousands of miles away, so probably can't attend. But it will be probably in between where Murph and I live, somewhere accessible from a London mainline, at a pub probably, and there's going to be some sort of entry fee and prizes at the end, and you get to see us do a podcast, and if you want to come along 
to watch the podcast, that would be sick as well. We haven't determined when it's going to be yet, but if you are interested in that, possibly, I think it's a good idea. Hit us up on Twitter at Five Yard Rush. My man Murph will get back to you. And if we have a lot of people saying they really want it, then let's go to the Palladium or something. <laughs> so I think we, we've been talking about it a little bit, and we're looking at maybe the second weekend of July, maybe, but that's somewhat flexible, and a, and a location is probably Sutton is roughly where we're thinking somewhat flexible depending on how how much interest and, and everything there but ideally it will be, well, be Surrey based I think unless it gets massively large but we'll do it somewhere in Surrey and we're open to you know maybe places like Wimbledon which aren't much further which could make it work but it's also about finding a venue that's going to allow us to do this for free so we don't have to charge uh, anything for people to come along and watch um, and yeah it will have to be that sort of time um otherwise it's going to be a bit harder to do nearer the season yeah for sure so with draft and and other things going on externally so we're looking at first second weekend of july and we're looking at somewhere around sutton is the kind of idea we've got so if you're interested in the live draft drop us a dm on twitter dms are open slide into our dms Whoop. drop us a message you can do it on itunes you can do um instagram or you can do that on facebook as well but twitter is definitely the best one we will make sure as long as we get 12 people and if you don't want to draft because you're in too many leagues but want to come down and see us we'll make that work as well yeah buddy just to say hi i mean we are going to be at the nfl uk event on the first of july which is next monday next monday man i can't wait for that it's going to be really really exciting so um if you are there come up and say hi It'll be vastly apparent who I am because I've got the Five Yard Rush logo emblazoned on my chest. No, not a tattoo. It's just on my hoodie. But I might wear as well my hoodie. We'll double dip. We'll see. But I'll I wear will, a Bucks jersey as well. I will definitely have mine on. So come say hi. We would appreciate the love. Defo. So today's podcast, we've got a bit of news to dive into and then we are going to be doing draft advice episode. So draft season is firmly upon us now, even though it probably shouldn't be quite this early. People have got the bug. Um, so we're going to jump on board and give you some advice that we think can help you win your draft and as we always say you can't win your league at the draft but you can certainly lose it so if you win the draft you're on the way to winning the championship let's do some news so typo straight out the gate Murph you've done me there love that Tyrell Hill (laughs) autocorrect man so Tyreek Hill is to meet with the NFL investigators tomorrow Um, this is to do with his uh, impending case I suppose and I've heard sort of eight games is going to be the suspension along the sort of Kareem Hunt. I think it could be less. Do you um, think? I think it could be less. So, so to explain what's going on, the NFL didn't want to do anything until the case that had been, the county had decided to prosecute or not prosecute. That case is effectively off because they haven't got the evidence. They know a crime has been committed, but they don't know who has committed the crime. So the NFL now are going to investigate further. Now, just because he hasn't been found guilty in court or there's a case against him in court does not stop them from uh, banning him, as you say. I think what will happen is the NFL will want to make a swift decision on this. I don't, you know, and unfortunately they always have a history of dragging it out. But I can see them coming to some agreement on, say, six, could be eight games. I would say six. I can potentially see four if they can just get him to go on the record and just take the punishment, similar to like a Jameis Winston, six games that got reduced to three. 
Um, I think they'll want to send a message, but I don't think they're going to get more evidence than what prosecutors have already done. So I think eight it could be, but I think also be ready for six or, or four as well. Four would be nice for anyone who's taken a punt on him in their drafts already this season. I mean, obviously what he's done is correct. Um, obviously what he's done is horrendous and we don't condone that sort of behaviour. But if you have taken a late round flyer on him and his ADP has been climbing of recent because of the speculation of a shorter ban. But if you did get him real late in a best ball early on or you took a flyer on him in, in dynasty startup or redraft, then you may well be rewarded for that. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a, it's a horrible thing to talk about. We don't like talking about these sorts of things. But they are fantasy relevant, so we feel like we should bring them to you. And I would just say keep a very close eye on that. If you are in drafts, just keep an eye on. Look at that six to eight game range as a as a possibility and then evaluate accordingly. For sure. So Jacksonville star cornerback Jalen Ramsey has decided that he's not going to critique quarterbacks this season, saying that it's a different me this year after last year's... Well, he just went after everyone, really, didn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, he's, I guess he's grown up or he just realised that he was particularly silly last year. Like, it's not really news, but I guess it is. But good luck to him. Um, it shows a bit of maturity on, on his part. I think he put unwanted attention on that Jacksonville D that continued to spiral past the first few weeks of the season. So I think it's a good attitude adjustment. So moving on, let's talk some Cam Newton and a interesting situation on a plane. So he got on a flight to Paris. Um, he missed his first flight in business, which is where this all started. And then so he got into coach economy, as we know it, and went to the very front where the guy was sitting in his extra leg room and said, excuse me, sir, can I give you $1,500 to move seats as a a man of his stature probably needs a little bit more room? But the guy sort of looked him up and down and and politely said no. And I think Cam then sort of shook his head in disbelief that this guy had turned down $1,500 and walked back to his seat, sort of tail between. He didn't kick off or anything, but what would you take, Murph, to move seats? You're you're a tall human. That's a great question. I think if it was Cam Newton coming up to me, I'd want an extra zero. I think that would that'd probably that'd probably get me. But well, if you didn't know it was because maybe this guy didn't. No, know no. It, listen, if it was a decent human being, I he's obviously paid extra for the seat. Um, I think it uh, it largely depends how the approach is and uh, and how much I I probably wouldn't move because if I paid for that seat and I hate flying, um, and especially a flight like that, it's quite long. I probably wouldn't move, but if someone offered me fifteen hundred bucks to move, I probably would do it because oh. I think that's the whole holiday paid for sort yep. of thing. So I'm hightailing it straight back to wherever Cam's sitting. Although I might ask for a cheeky extra five hundred. I will if you make it two grand. If he's going to go, if he starts at that as an opening offer, why would you not just ask for a little bit more and knowing you can take fifteen hundred? I guess that's the salesperson in me, right? But um, but if it's Cam Newton, think well, he can afford an extra zero. Let's uh, let's make it fifteen grand and see if it see if it gets going. Yeah, I imagine if he said, "Yeah, there you go." I'll be ta-da. <laughs> I'll be flying you me out there. So Cowboys star receiver Amari Cooper said he's aiming for two thousand receiving yards this season. That seems like an awful lot. You know, I'm aiming to become the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. So you know, it's always good to aim high. Or I'm aiming to be the GM of the Giants. I was going to say, you can't possibly do both roles, Murph. Well, why not? Aim high, right? He's aiming for 2,000 receiving yards, and he's not going to get 2,000 receiving yards. So why not come up with a ridiculously high uh, goal that is unachievable? Good luck with that, Amari. 
And then finally, Titans GM John Robinson is stressed that quarterback Marcus Mariota is going to avoid big hits. We should avoid big hits. I mean, this this kind of goes into the... He needs to avoid the big hits because he's partially made of digestive. But is that not kind of the point? Like, it's to always avoid... It's not like going in going, oh, let me avoid big hits. Like, oh, no, let me get hit. Come on, please hit me. Please hit me. Please hit me. Like, yeah, that that's like me saying... Um, in a team in a team talk, guys, let's go out there and win a game. Yeah, is yeah. it not like the same thing? It's just kind of like it's just an absolute. This is what happens in in June. Is comments like that get put on the front page of NFL.com's news page news feed because there is absolutely nothing else to talk about. Yeah, Ju- June mean, in the NFL is is pretty quiet. <laughs> okay, Murph, let's do it. Let's give some draft advice. I'm going to ask the questions. You're going to do the answers. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do some answers as well. I was going to say, <laughs> people might get, might get bored of my answers. Yeah, we don't need you doing a Boris Johnson do we, and just not answering the question. That would be terrible. Oh, it's if I'd do that. So, we've had some questions on drafts. Murph's had a decent look into what we think is good advice. And the first bit of advice is, know your league's ADP and ADP caution. Yeah, so... ADP, we talked about this on the Fantasy 101 guide, is average draft position. It's going to be different across different platforms. So those, and basically what ADP does is it takes an average of all the drafts to date and it works out what the average position of that player is. So, for example, let's give a wide example. Mark Ingram is, say, ADP 39 on sleeper. You keep talking. Um, look that up. <laughs> so, you know, and that means that he's sort of the 39th player to, to come off the board uh, on sleeper, but he might be very different in a different league. So there's some really good resources like fantasy pros and fantasy football calculator that will tell you the average uh, draft position of players, but it's really important that you on the league platform you're on to know the ADP and that's because there are some people that perhaps don't quite have confidence or knowledge and therefore tend to just go off the average draft position this player is the highest ranked player and therefore that's what they're going for what did you say his ADP was 39 oh it's 38 oh no it did that without notes I just literally pulled that off the top of my head see that's so, if you need any ADP checks, don't worry about fantasyfootballcalculator.com. Just hit us up at 5 Yard Rush and we'll get you within three. Well, yeah, off the top of the bat, although I can log in and do that very quickly. But Fantasy Pros, Sleeper, whatever platform you're on, um, just have a look before you draft at what the ADPs are and always do checks on it because it does move. It is like an average. So, And what I mean by ADP caution is um, just because a player has like a set ADP, that doesn't mean that's the person's value that you should consider at. So I we've well I've mentioned on here a lot that Leonard Fournette's ADP means for me he's undraftable. I just cannot ever draft Leonard Fournette because he will never ever get into a value of where I draft him because I just don't trust him to play the games needed to be successful. And so that's a, that's a take for me as a player and not uh, one that you should take you know, as gospel, but it's something I just can't ever do. So ADP is always going to have people that take players far earlier than they should go. So examples of this right now would be 
maybe Todd Gurley with the news that's come out of his arthritis, he's still got an ADP of around about 15, 16. And I mean, some people are, are quite happy to gamble there. Some people are not. But there is always going to be somebody that takes him at or around or even above that position because that's why the ADP is there. You're going to have players like James White who is projected to go in the fifth round. Now, for me, I can never take James White in the fifth round unless it's a super PPR league because I can't ever trust him to get that production. I think Damian Harris is a decent passing back or catching back and I think he's going to take some of those numbers from James White. So... But people are always going to take him in the fourth or fifth round. And I think that is something you've always got to be aware of, is that there are always going to be players that will go round about where their ADP is. And it's there for a reason, because there are people that are always going to do that. But don't ever mistake the fact that... Don't ever take the ADP as the value, because that's where you'll get it wrong. Because people will look at that and go, oh, that means based on everyone that's playing that that is his value. That's not it. It's just an average position. It's not the actual sort of median of what people think or what people do. So if you're ever seeing an ADP that you don't like, ignore it. Just know that he's going to go around about that spot and you choose to either take that value or, or you don't. But if you're ever unsure and you want to talk, talk through rankings or players, then get in contact and we'll happily sort of say what we think a value is, and we're going to release rankings hopefully in the next week or so, but depends on... Uh, Stocks is looking at me with a funny face. But no, 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 no. The only thing I think with that is we want our rankings to be correct for us. And with fantasy football season being so far away, we don't... I don't want to rush my rankings just to get them out now. Well, no, but I'd always keep them live and updated. Oh, yeah, I yeah, I will. I'm, I'm not saying that my rankings now will be my rankings going into week one. Yeah, yeah. but just... I'm working hard on them, and I, I don't want to put them out a little early for the sake of putting them out a little no. early. All right, it might be a couple of weeks, but feel free to ask us um, some questions. But just be cautious that just because a player has that ADP doesn't mean that they're actually valued at that position. So there are some real red flags on players. I've mentioned a couple uh, already, but there's definitely a few more out there that I just cannot touch because their ADP is too high. And alternatively, there are players that um, their ADP is far too low. Yeah, and you need to be conscious of that because you don't want to one overdraft, but two be mindful that there might be someone with the same information. Dee Dee Westbrook for me is a fantastic example. His ADP has him going in the tenth round, and for me, he is better than that. He's a better prospect than that. He is for me an upside of wide receiver two, but if not, he's a wide receiver three and should be drafted well above the tenth round. So he's someone I'd be looking to pick up a little bit sooner than that, knowing that's his ADP. But also, he's not someone I'm drafting in the fifth round if I know that his ADP's in the tenth. So I'd be thinking about him in the ninth round, in the eighth round, depending on how the draft is going. So that's just a good thing to know in terms of maybe some of those sleepers, you want to go grab your guy, but you don't want to overpay and risk ruining a position for someone that you could get a round or two later. So the next thing is leagues scoring. Each league... I mean, whether you join just the standard ESPN league, the scoring will be exactly the same as all the other ones. But if you join a specific league, say on a Facebook group, I know there's a lot of NFL UK uh, fantasy groups out there who post their league onto the website for you to just join in. Um, If you do that, make sure you look at your league scoring format before you start drafting. Because we've mentioned tight end premium and we've mentioned 
six-point touchdown, four-point touchdown, DST scoring. I mean, there's some leagues that hugely value DST scoring, so you might see them start to go earlier. And knowing the league scoring can actually help you win the draft because there'll be people out there who don't know the league scoring. So, for instance, I mentioned the league, the draft that Josh and I were doing where Travis Kelsey made it back to us in the second round, even though it was tight end premium in a standard league. He just... Travis Kelsey, like I said before, he was he could have been drafted number one overall and he made it back to us in the second round. And I don't know whether that's because people have their second, first, second, third round people locked in and Kelsey just slipped or people didn't read the scoring format. So make sure you know your league scoring format. And kickers as well. Our listener leagues, the kickers scoring is slightly tweaked in those and it rewards accuracy for kickers. So if you're leaving drafting a kicker till the very last round perhaps you maybe should have gone a couple of rounds earlier and got one of the studs like Tucker or Vinatieri or Kami Fairbairn or even Skim Goskowski or Butker the drop off in decent kicker to poor kicker will be considerable in that league so have a look at your league scoring and make sure you know it before drafting next one Murph is knowing which teams the fantasy players around you in the draft support so key information like this knowing who they support, what players they like. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be support, just if they are a huge player supporter, for instance. I mean, Josh doesn't like support the New York Giants. and I mean, he's not there now, but Beckham was at the Giants. Um, Josh certainly doesn't support the Browns, but he loves Odell Beckham. So if you want him, you're going to have to take him before Josh does. Or if you want to get him off of Josh, you're going to need to overpay for him. Yeah, I think this is a really important point when you're thinking about especially later on in the draft, I think with really big names and also potential sleepers as well, because fans of those teams are going to know those players a lot better than maybe you might um, and watch them and have an affinity to them and a connection that maybe you don't, but you really like the player from a fantasy perspective. Um, So just be mindful that those superstar players, OBJ, um, you know, Mike Evans, um, I mean, the big four will always be the big four in terms of the running backs. But I think outside of that, a Chargers fan's more likely to take Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, a, a Texans fan's more likely to take, you know, Nuke Hopkins. A good uh, one is the Green Bay wide receivers, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. MVS is yet yeah, Canimison Brown. Not Randall Cobb. He's not there anymore. Who's the other? Geronimo Allison. That's Geronimo Allison. Um, you're likely to find that a Green Bay fan will take those probably slightly before their ADP. Yeah. Because they are a homer. So to use this in real life example, so we were picking in a dynasty draft, a Superflex dynasty draft uh, the other week or the other day, really last week. And um, the person that was picking before and after me, because I was on the turn, was a Dolphins fan. And for me, um, Albert Wilson's a player that I'm targeting quite late on in a lot of leagues. But I moved him up slightly on my board, knowing that um, Lee, the Dolphins fan, might potentially take Albert Wilson. So I think I went one round, I went double Miami and went tight end Mike Kaziki and Albert Wilson as sort of later round picks, but I took them probably a round or two earlier than they might have gone because I wasn't confident that they would get back to me knowing that Lee knows the Dolphins well, he's a big supporter, he knows the game well, and he might want those players. So that's, again, knowing the ADP, knowing roughly where they're going in leagues is so important. And marrying the two pieces of information meant that I was able to get a jump start and get those players. Lee messaged me afterwards saying there was one player he was really interested in and one player he wasn't so bothered on. 
um, and he was gutted he missed out but that was the price I had to pay to, to do the job so it's really important if you can get that kind of information maybe just do a nice little general chit chat at the start and of the leagues and say oh where's everyone from if it's people you don't necessarily know and who does everyone support and if it's people you know you should know the types of players they like how they value players uh, potential league winners for that person last year um, so players they've got a bit of an affinity to and just you know you're going to have to take that player a little bit sooner if you want them and then you've got to decide if you want to do that yeah absolutely and also have a little look at the avatars people use for their teams and stuff whether it be sleeper nfl.com espn generally people tend to set their avatars to the teams they support and that will give you a sneaky clue as to who perhaps they might pick a little earlier than you should the next one we'll sort of glaze over this one quickly and that's don't go into the draft with a preordained strategy Murph and I have mentioned this but on the pod lots of times stay water in the draft you can't necessarily go in thinking I'm going to go zero RB or I'm going to take running back running back running back or I'm going to take two tight ends and pick a quarterback early because you just don't know the value of people that will be there possibly when you want to make your pick so if you want to if you're thinking about going zero running back by all means, go for it. But let's, for instance, say everyone else does, and all of a sudden, Zeke Elliott's there at seven. You've got to be taking Zeke at seven. That's just that's a home a bit right there. Home run. You're getting Zeke at seven. You've won the draft already, so stay fluid and and just have a a decent look at what's going on around you before continuing with your strategy. Yeah, lots of people say I'm going to go zero RB, which is no RB in the first two rounds. So I'm going RB RB. I just think it's it's quite a naive strategy. Um, you you can go in there with some inclination, but you've just got to be fluid. I just think you've got to see how the draft board falls. It's very different saying in the first four picks, I'm going to be taking one of McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke and Barkley because they're the top four players on the board for a reason. So oh, if I'm in four and those first three guys go, I'm getting the other one. That is a completely different approach because that's that's a surefire strategy in the sense of I have four guys on my board if I'm drawing a best board these are one two three four my top four players on the board I will be getting one of those with my four pick um yeah that that's what happens in the NFL so that is different but just preordaining saying I'm gonna do I'm in the eight spot and I'm gonna take zero RB well yeah if Zeke comes or Melvin Gordon or David Johnson these are players that you think, oh, I wasn't expecting him to get to me, but now he's there. If you just shut your mind off to that, you just you will lose, you just will, you'll miss out on, on value. And the same goes in terms of quarterbacks. I'm not taking a quarterback before round 11. And then all of a sudden, we were in a situation the other day where we weren't going to draft a quarterback till round 11, round 12. But there were still a lot of quarterbacks on the board. And he got to round 10, and Russell Wilson was still there. And I was just like, this is just unbelievable. We've got to pull the trigger because to get him in the 10th round, he's just value. It just got to the point where he was best player available on the board. Let's take him. The same happened the other day with Kareem Hunt. His ADP puts him around about, you know, a pick in the mid 70s. We got him with the 155th pick and I was just like, I would never thought in my strategies, there's no way that Kareem Hunt ever falls to a range where I think he's a value. But when it's at pick 155, 155th picks, 154 other players have come off the board. 
he's an absolute value pick there. Because yes, he's not going to play till week 10. But if we get to the playoffs, he is potentially a fantasy football league winner. Mm-hmm. And in the 15th, I think it was the 13th round, we picked him. I don't need him to be an RB1, RB2. Like, we don't need him to be that in the well, no, first. Exactly. At that point, you're taking flyers on everyone. Exactly. Everyone is just, it's just a dart throw. And he might not pan out, but I'm not going to, we're not going to lose our league by taking him in the 13th round. We lose him by taking him in the 6th or 7th because we've passed over a player of better talent, a better ability. So th- that's, that's what I mean by you can always shut yourself off to options. I, I, I never saw a, a scenario where you and I would be taking Kareem Hunt. No. Or but, Russell Wilson. Or Russell Wilson. But, I just never thought it. But opportunities present themselves and you get to a point and you think it, it, it's too much value to, to not do this at this stage. Well, I mean, according to fantasyfootballcalculator.com currently, Russell Wilson's ADP is seventh round. Yeah. So I mean, we got three rounds of value there and Kareem Hunt's is currently... He's currently the seventh round as well, eighty yeah. third, and we got him at one one three, one one five, one five five. Oh, one five. Well, there you go. So almost double, double value. So he, he becomes an instant value in that in that position, and same will go with Tyreek Hill. I think we took him in the tenth or eleventh round of a draft. At that point, he's absolute value, and that's what that's what I mean by not having a preordained strategy is just making sure that you un, you can be fluid and you can see these pockets of value and just go for it. Um, and move away, oh, well, I'm going to take a, a tight end in the fifth round. But if an amazing player in the fifth round is available, we took Mark Ingram in the sixth round yesterday. Like, these things do happen in drafts. I think a good thing as well is if you're in a slow draft and you're not sure who to take, don't be afraid to go and do a little bit more research. So, for instance, you, you, you're fully aware of who's available to draft. Go on Fantasy Footballer and see what their ADP is. And you might suddenly feel you might get Kenyon Drake two rounds later than he's supposed to go. And all of a sudden, a problem you have comes into a great big whacking solution that you just wasn't sure that was there. So, I think research in a slow draft is key. And then, if you're in a fast draft, research really quickly. <laughs> That's it. Absolutely, and and do you know what? There's nothing stopping you from just. And this is where draft prep is key, especially for a live draft or one of those rapid drafts. If you do tiers and you write down certain tiers of certain players, right? These four are my running back tier one. These next eight are my running back tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five, all the way down. Then you can start to get a picture, and if you've got those in front of you, you can start to see. Um, where there's potential value based on, oh, well, I had this guy in my fourth tier of wide receivers and it's the seventh round. Yeah. Like, I've got to take him now. It's just it's just absolute value. So that's that's where it's it's really key. Yeah, old school pen and paper is really good in that situation. If you print off your tiers, so for instance, you've got your first tier, your second tier, players in each tier necessarily you think are going to have the same season-ish and you suddenly got a... You, running backs are going and there's a tier two tier three running back left and you see a couple of tier four running backs going once you've crossed them off your list you can then suddenly see or hold up there's a tier three running back here when people are taking tier four running backs this is a value for me i feel he's a value here i should take him yeah i absolutely couldn't agree more so doubling murph you mentioned about drafting on the turn doubling down on positions when drafting on the turn yeah so this i think is is something that isn't utilized that often but I think is something well worth considering, especially if you play in certain types of leagues where there's premiums. 
um, such as tight end premium, super flex, 2QB. I think this is where you can really take advantage of positions to either get ahead of the curve or you see a run on things and you can save the position before you fall off a cliff. And we'll mention cliffs in, in, a, in a little while. And what I mean by that is you might go wide receiver running back or running back wide receiver in the first sort of first second round turn if you're at the end of the draft. And that's a completely acceptable draft strategy. I'm not going to sit here and say you've got to take double wide receiver or double running back. Like That's fine. But through the draft, say in a super flex, it's quite a good idea to take your two QBs back to back because it means you're not going to risk falling off a cliff but more importantly if you're ahead of the curve you actually then force people to into a position where they've got to start taking action so if you are in a two quarterback or super flex league and you take your quarterback say on the two three turn and we'll get into this we we promised an episode on this but you then are forcing people to think about taking quarterbacks maybe earlier than they thought about taking them because you've just taken two absolute studs off the board um, so you have a, a said floor in your position where you're more than comfortable, but then what happens is you'll start to see the run and you've, you've forced the run, which therefore means you'll get your value on the next turn because people have had to pick in a position where they would, might not necessarily have, have picked. The same goes in a tight end premium. You might be picking on that two, three turn and you might go, if you're ever so lucky, Kelsey and Kittle or, Kittle or Kelsey and Ertz. And you might absolutely hammer everybody else in the draft because you're going to be the only player that's going to have two elite stud tight ends. My only my only concern was I took two tight ends early last year in the OG original league and failed miserably. And my only concern with that is if it's a one tight end league, you're then locking down your flex position. 100%. But if you are playing in a tight end premium league... Oh, then that's different. But that's, that's what I'm referring to. Oh, okay, sorry. So in a tight end premium league, you're going to have a significant advantage in the position if you are fortunate enough. So even if you're on the 1-2 turn or the 2-3 turn and no tight ends have come off the board for whatever reason, that is a huge advantage you can take over the rest of the field by doubling down on the position. And the same goes later on when it comes to selecting running backs and 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 wide receivers before you get to tier cliffs and again we'll talk about cliffs in a moment but you might have a certain level in which you're willing to go to before it really just dives off and you wait till the end and that's what i mean by that so that's where doubling down on the position means you're always going to stay afloat and that's why i really like drafting on the turn because you can not just get good value but you can actually control some of the pace of the draft or if things are starting to get away before it completely dies off and you miss an entire tier, you can quickly nab and then yeah, grab two up. people in that position. And all of a sudden you might not necessarily have the best running back in class, but you'll probably have the best second or the best running back of the next tier down. Yeah. And I think that's where it's called same with wide receiver. And I think that's where you can regain the advantage in strategy because you might not get the best in say the top tier, but you might get the best of the second tier and that's where you're going to get your advantages. And it might not be quite as good, but you're also saving the floor potential, which is key. Yeah. Next point. Drafting at the 8 to 12 spots might actually be better than getting one of the first four stud running backs. Now, 
there's a lot of school of thought that you need a running back this year because the top four are like a cheat code and and you know, don't get me wrong they are good but as we've seen drafts unfold recently starting to think that maybe drafting at the end of the first round gives better positional value later on in the third fourth fifth and sixth rounds than perhaps getting your Saquon Barkley and ZQ Elliott and then waiting for Keenan Allen or AJ Green or even another running back. You know, you could take Dalvin Cook at the end of the second or Joe Mixon if he happens to fall. Um, one thing I would say possibly for drafting at the 1-2 spot is you can get Barkley and then maybe, you know, let's say AJ Green has a full 16-game season. You've got a top five wide receiver. And then if you were to take Travis Kelsey or Kittle or Ertz, you've got a stud at each position, which then... If, if that's the way you want to draft and that's that's fine with us then that's a good place to be but drafting at the other end Murph and I we drafted in the listener league or we're still drafting in it in the standard standard listener in the standard league. listener league at the moment and we drafted from the 11th spot or 8th 9th we drafted from the 9th no. spot so shout out well, I suppose while we're here uh, shout out to some of the people in there so Anthony Wood who was a guest on the podcast uh, those of you remember the Texans talk that we had a few weeks ago he's in this league Antonio our loyal listener who came to the studio when the Ice the Kicker boys, uh, he's in this league. Uh, I want to give a massive shout out to a guy in here called Dan Johnson, who's a fellow Bucks fan, not because he's a Bucks fan, but we started the draft on his wedding day. And mad respect because he got married that day and he was still making draft picks. If his wife is listening, terribly sorry for dropping you in it, Dan, but hopefully she's not. And <laughs> mad respect for drafting on your wedding day man and congrats because getting married is the best thing i've ever done i'm sure you'll probably agree Mm, (laughs) yes i mean it was good but the birth of your firstborn is up there as well but wedding day probably the best whole day of my entire life let's put it that way yeah uh, i think he's on honeymoon now as well isn't he isn't he just got off a plane or is that someone uh yeah he's just on honeymoon so he's just got off a plane and, and made a draft pick as he got off the plane so uh, mad respect this is what you get see you've got some people that complain they don't get leagues that are very interactive or um, maybe don't have the same level of um, dedication to it we had a guy draft on his wedding day and on the first day of his honeymoon he got off the plane um, some other people in here um, Luke's in here Lukey boy we've got Rob in here Rob Langley uh, is in here and then we've got Harry Harry is someone that came to us through the Paul Brown network so Paul Brown podcast he heard me asking for fantasy players on there and he messaged me and our due dates for our children are one day apart which is quite funny so he's going to have a, a kid at the same time um we've got john in here paulinho brian and then we've got uh sean gormley and i think it's his brother is also in this league or his cousin i'm not quite sure apologies if i haven't quite got that remembered we have a lot of leagues and a lot of people but shout out to you, you boys you've been a, it's been a good draft so far and just wanted to give a, a little heads up and a mention yeah so we're pretty happy with our team so far guys if you're listening and, and worried about your draft already you should be <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the next thing is uh, what you are looking at for each round of the draft yes yeah, so it, it almost is going to seem like contradictory in terms of um, what we said about not having um, preordained strategies but I think when you're entering the round of the draft that you're in, so live insight, we are drafting in the listener league standard as we just talked about. We're four picks away from picking. We have two wide receivers, three running backs, and a tight end on board. I would be 
pretty confident that we'd be taking a wide receiver this round. Yep. Barring some exceptional value that falls into our place, I don't think there's a... I'm just looking at the board now. I don't think there's a running back that I'd want to jump to in standard. Uh, no one that tickles your pickle. No, I don't think there's anyone there. I'm, I'm sort of rushing. I think we should rush to take out tight end. We've already got, and again, I think they're falling off a cliff. Not quite ready to take a, a quarterback just yet because I think there's plenty of options on the board there that we don't need to consider it. So for me, like I'd say, with ninety. 98% certainty we're probably going to draft. We're four picks away. We're probably going to take a wide receiver in this round. Um, but you never know for sure until the pick's there. But it's just knowing what you're thinking of taking because then you can start looking at players you're going to take. You get your shortlist down to half a dozen players, uh, maybe a little bit more, and then you start crossing them off so that it's good for two reasons. One, it's much easier when you're on the clock to make that decision because you've been following what's going on. If it's a two-minute draft, you haven't got long. You don't have to panic into making a decision. If it's a longer draft, you're actually doing the rest of the league a favour because we can pick very, very quickly. You and I always discuss a short list of three, four, five players, yep. and then we're just going off. We're always then talking about two players before we draft. Do we want to draft this player or this player? And our discussion is pretty quick, and then we snap. So we very rarely, unless we're busy doing something, we very rarely take more than five minutes to pick in slow draft. Yeah, for sure. And that's good, just good league mates play, and people like drafting with us because we don't take that long. But that's how we can make decisions pretty quickly because we've already identified this round, we're probably going to go this position unless there's a steal. We'll put a list of one or two players that we might be following from a steal perspective, and they'll go in our list and we'll just keep crossing off, cross off. Okay, this person is still here. We've got to take them. But if not, we know roughly what we're going to be taking as a position. Absolutely. And also along that line, it's sort of, it's good to know who the teams around you have in their roster selection. So for instance, if you have gone zero RB, but teams around you have gone running back, then you can be fairly certain that they're going to then take wide receivers. So if you do need running backs, you might be able to wait a round or two on the running back or, or whoever you're waiting on it, just knowing the teams around you, what they've got is their roster construction could influence when or who you pick. Yeah, so again, let's use a live example. I've got this in front of me. So Gorm7 is on the clock. They'll be on the clock for about 45 minutes. Hurry up. They have uh, their running backs are David Johnson and Marlon Mack. Their wide receivers are Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman and Tyreek Hill. And their quarterback is Drew Brees. So that's what they've selected through six rounds. Um I would expect them, and this is, a, I would expect them to go running back here, given the fact they've got three wide receivers on board, although one of them is Tyreek Hill. Um, so I would be surprised if they didn't go running back here. Probably one of Tariq Cohen, um, Darrell Henderson, Jordan Howard, James White. That's kind of what I'd expect them to do here. We'll see if I'm right um, when they make a pick. Harry has got four running backs and two wide receivers on board. So he's got uh, Lev Bell, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, and Tervin Coleman. Oh. So I don't think he's going to go running back here. That could his, be frightening. Yeah, his wide receivers are Amari Cooper in the fourth round, which is, I think, his great value, and, and Kenny Golladay. So for me, I think he'd be thinking wide receiver here. Um, I can't see him going for a tight end unless he falls in love with David Njuku because he's a Browns fan, or Jared Cook and... I think it would be probably a slight reach here, but not out of the realms. So he could go tight end, but I'd expect him to go wide receiver here. John is a bit of a mixed bag because he's got John 83. He's a Philly fan, but he's got two wide receivers. He went like us 
uh, wide receiver, wide receiver. He went Juju and Mike Evans. Running backs, he went Philip Lindsay and Chris Carlson. He's got a callback in Carlson Wentz, being a Philly fan, not surprised. And he's got Vance McDonald as his tight end. So he could go wide receiver, he could go running back because he's got two of each. So he's got some flexibility there. And like I mentioned with us, so I know that at least probably two wide receivers are going to come off the board before we pick. And we need one. And we need one. So at least that that's where knowing that information is key. So we know our shortlist has got to have X amount of wide receivers in it, but then we also know roughly what we're going to be getting. So we, we tend to go when we're at this range, we'll tend to have a name in mind of who we're going to draft. We haven't yet because we've been podcasting, but if we were a bit more communicative, we'd say, right, if this person gets to us, we're going to draft this person here. Yeah, for sure. So we've got consistency rankings, RVP, RPV rankings. I think we should do those in a separate podcast. I think we could talk for... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying that it's. I think these really matter. We we bought you Joe P. Sapir, we bought you Bob Long on because these guys have put together, you know, a school of thought that is, for me, really important to understand and it forms, I already had these opinions in my mind, but I didn't form it into a, a strategy, and these guys have, have done that. So I think understanding consistency and understanding RPV matters. I think we will cover them again. Go back and listen to those podcasts with Joe P. Sapir and with Bob Lung, because I think they're incredibly insightful information. But if you can get your heads around that kind of strategy, you're going to always do relatively well in your, play, in your, in your leagues and, and make playoffs more often than not. Yeah. Next point is mock drafting your league settings. If you do have time to import your league settings into a mock draft draft machine, it's well worth doing it because most mock draft machines nowadays don't just pick best player available. They pick who they think is a value and then build on roster construction that way. So you could get, you know, do five of them. They don't take long if it's just you picking players because auto pick just goes and then you're back to you. So, you know, do four, five, six and sort of garner an average of where people are going and, and learning the ADP for your specific league settings because that could help you pick value as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's that's really important. Um, and then we talk about cliffs and, and how you fall off of them when you just disappear from the... Uh, yeah, so... I don't know if any of that came across in the mic, but it felt good in the studio. Yeah, so it, looked, yeah, it looked good. Thanks, mate. Um, if, it, if that didn't come across, I tried to fall off the microphone cliff, so... We'll see how that comes out. Yeah, Cliffs. It's, we've talked about it and how the base of some tiers just it disintegrates value-wise and skill position. Not skill position, sorry. The value-wise and, and points that you're going to get from each position just vaporise. And taking a person above the cliff is so much better than losing out of the position. Yeah, so to give you some ideas on what we mean by each cliff, that's I guess, start of the quarterback position. It's very, very deep. I think when you're getting to the tier that involves Matt Stafford, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Sam Darnold. If those players go, I'm now worried at what is left. Yeah, because think, they're sort of QB 20, QB 21. Yeah, you, I think you need to be before 16, really. Maybe. I think it depends. You might definitely have, before 20, then. If I, you yeah, get to 20, you're in trouble. I'm quite happy. If, if I'm in a league and Kirk Cousins is my QB... I'm relatively comfortable with that. The same with Matt Stafford. People don't like Matt Stafford. They think he's dropped off a cliff. He played last year hurt. But in six of the last nine seasons, he's been a QB1. 
She finished in the top 12 six last night. Didn't have a QB1 week last week, last year though. No, but he had a broken back. So, okay, fair. <laughs> um, and a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator. You know, there's a lot of things. I'm not saying that he is, oh my God, he's an absolute nailed on stud, but I would feel pretty comfortable with Matt Stafford as a starting QB. Sam Darnold led the league in QBR rating in December. So he's, he's acclimatized to the league. He's, more ready, I'd feel pretty comfortable. I don't know. I wouldn't love it. I wouldn't be like, yes, this is amazing. But I would be comfortable having those guys as my week to week. I think once those gone, your options are then you've got the, the Washington situation, which I want pretty much no part of this year. Um, you've got Joe Flacco, who we'll talk about with Cody later on in the week, which I like him as a quarterback, but as a fancy quarterback, he's pretty irrelevant. Um, you've got after that Giants boys. You don't want either of those. Yeah, don't really want the Giants guys. I don't want what's going on in Miami because you don't know how long Fitzy's going to be playing. I mean, Fitzy's great. If Fitzy was playing all season, I'd throw him in that tier. Of, I'd be quite happy. But no, I think after that, I'm, I'm not so sure how long he gets to hold the job. Um, again, this is where things start to get a bit in the weeds. I don't really want. Um, there's quite a few quarterbacks there I'm, I'm sort of really struggling to to think about taking um so i think that's that's where you've got to be thinking about at this point and then you've got the uncertainty who's playing each week and uh, you know i think that's that's where you've got to watch your your flaws and go yeah from from here on out so that's why i'm about cliff at quarterback uh running back for me it's the darius geis lamar miller because i think once they come off the board it's just a hole you're either looking at people who were not well i guess you put rojo in there i guess i put rojo because i think he goes after them in league so i think that for me is, is is sort of the end because you've got either running back by committee or you've got handcuffs or third down backs or third down backs and none of those are going to help you win your leagues in a regular they're not going to help you win in a regular uh basis so um it's fine in the 20th round to take matterson or Raquel Armstrong, knowing that they're handcuffed to a pretty lightweight running back who's likely to get injured. But yeah, that's what I mean by I'd be waiting till then. I wouldn't be picking another running back up. And I guess the only one I'd think about is is Adrian Peterson is probably the only one that I'd be thinking past there. But there's there's a big void there for about three or four rounds. I'm not probably taking a running back. Wide receiver is very, very deep. So I I'm don't not really... sure. I think it's more of a, a gentle slope as opposed to a cliff at wide receiver. Just because they will, vet, like we mentioned, Didi Westbrook, Albert Wilson, there yeah. will be value all the way down the draft. Yeah, it's just garnering the best value you can. I think when you start getting to Robbie Anderson, that for me is where the, the slope kind of picks up a little bit, and then it tapers off. So I think you get a period between round seven and ten where it's all a bit of a much of a muchness. It's trying to guess who the number two is in a number of places like MVS and Geronimo Allison. Um, it's looking at who might be the one in Buffalo or, you know, it, it, that's the kind of, it's kind of a murky water. There's plenty of value there if you get it right, but it's a bit, for a few rounds there, it, it kind of gets a bit muddly and then you start picking high upside guys. So Dini Westbrook, massively undervalued. Albert Wilson, massively undervalued. Kenny Stills is probably quite undervalued. Um, then you've, you know, that's what I mean. You've got those sorts of players there that add value. So I think for me, it sort of goes down quite sharply, and then it goes to like a flat where where there's some nice little upticks for for value. Yeah. Whereas tight end, there's it's just a vertical wall of absolute nothing after you get to Engram and Hunter. Yeah. 
So you're looking at Titan 5, Titan 6. If you are not going to get one of those guys, so Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry are the Titan 5, Titan 6, just don't bother. I, for me, I, once those guys go, I'm Chris Herndon in the 14th round. Yeah. There's a little part of me that thinks Vance McDonald could be hanging by his fingertips to the edge of the cliff, just hoping he might stay there. But too many, yeah, too many people are are on the Vance dance train. That's what I'm saying. I I don't think he. I think he's got the possibility of getting onto the cliff, but for where he's going, I think you're overpaying. A hundred percent. So for me, I am. I'm at this point now in season leagues where if if it goes past tight end six. I'm 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 just gonna I'm gonna plug in Chris Herndon in the thirteenth, fourteenth round and and take him there because that's that's slightly above his ADP, but that's where I'm gonna get value for him and I'm quite happy to have Chris Herndon week to week and then pick up Cam when if OJ Howard gets injured or um, pick up a, a tight end that's going to emerge because that will happen. You could even I've seen some leagues I've been getting Noah Fant in that range, yep. sort of twelfth, thirteenth round, more than happy to take a punt on him then. Yeah, that's a high upside dart throw at that point. 100%. So we've also got potential players to avoid, potential players to target, but I think we should do those alongside the consistency and RPV rankings. Done. I think that'll be a decent podcast. We've given some names. Yeah, we have. So Um, Once again, let's uh, talk about the Listener League. We want to do the live draft and possible live podcast if there's interest for it. If anything, it's just a bit of a get together in a pub, and you can watch Murph and I do maybe a short podcast or a full length if you if there is interest. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to do the live draft thing. It's probably just going to be a first come first serve basis. Um, Murph and I will come up with that. But if there is interest in it, please do at us on Twitter. It's Five Yard Rush, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are. Just get in contact, and we'd like to know if there's call for it i suppose i think that's i think that's it i think the way we will do it is if you're in touch and we can get a date agreed and you're interested i think those that approach us first will get that priority so i'm really keen for people who um are already playing with us who have been introduced to a few people that are quite local to here that'd be quite keen but if you're not or you're a bit worried about playing fantasy football and you've never done it and you live in the surrey area this is the perfect opportunity because Yes, we will have a team in it, but one of us will quite happily sit with you for the opening rounds, help you draft. We want competitive leagues and we want competition. So we're quite happy to give away our time and resource to talk about. And we'll be very open about who we would consider picking. And Yeah, but our advice will always be impartial. Even if we're in the league, if you ask us, you know, if you're in a bit of a bind and not sure what to do and you ask us, we will tell you who we think is the best player for you to pick at this point or give you a couple of options and it won't be anything to do with whether we're drafting next or whatever like that. We will give impartial and friendly advice to all. And that also, you know, if you want to come down but don't want to draft in the live thing but are a bit unsure, like Murph says, on fantasy football, live in the Surrey, London area, but you want to come down and watch how the draft, if you've never done one before and you don't even know what a draft looks like, come down, you know, get a drink, say hello and just watch the draft unfold and that is possibly the best way you can learn is by watching one. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If you're in that boat going, do you know what? I've always wanted to take part. I don't necessarily want my own team. We'll set up a table and come draft with us. And we'll talk you through what we're thinking and how how we approach drafts and who we're thinking about drafting and why we're drafting them and, and those sorts of things. So we want it to be interactive. We want it to be hands-on, but there has to be a demand for it. We don't want the scenario of... One man and his dog. Yeah, so, (laughs) you know, if there's a demand for it and you guys want to do a live league and you've never done one or you do have one but you still want one more, then 
definitely get in touch if you're in the Surrey, London area, or just if you're willing to come to Surrey, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter to me where you come from, if you want to fly in for it, happy days. Like, yeah, props if you do. Yeah, we're, so we're thinking of, it's probably going to be that second weekend of, of July is looking the more likely, so... Um, yeah, it'd be really good to just firm down interest. If it's not there, it's not there. And it's, you know, we're not going to be offended or, or anything like that. Um, our schedules are quite tight. It's probably, you know, we've got such high demand from the, the listener leagues. And we're going to be doing other other listener leagues, which we'll talk about shortly. Yep. We will, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll um, tease that there, right there, Murph. And we'll talk about the new listener leagues next week. Done. So don't forget, guys, once we get to 60 reviews, we're going to be giving away the Black Book and the Consistency Guide to two lucky people of who have already left the review. So you don't have to be the 59th or 60th review. If you've left the review, you're going to be in with a shout. Yeah, definitely. So if you, again, don't want people to feel like I don't have iTunes, so I don't have a, a chance, again, you can create a profile on iTunes on your desktop or, or laptop um and can do it that way or alternatively borrow a friend's phone and screenshot it to us and let us know that you've done that um so that again the more people that have left us a review and leave us a screenshot then the easier it will be for us to work out who who has left what rather than us have to do a name on the podcast and then wait until someone claims it um if you've already sent us a review i know quite a few people already have sent reviews i know quite a lot of who they are but send them across via dm on twitter this isn't also um just exclusive to the uk if you're in the us it's fine we'll order them off amazon.com and do it on there it's not a problem like it's fine so it doesn't have to be exclusively like a UK they're available on Amazon so they ship so it's not not a big deal so don't want our American cousins to sit here and think that they can't win these guides so um, please do the sooner that we get to 60 reviews the sooner you get the guide so even if you have you want to start a committee of say five of you want to share the resource get all five of you to enter pull together bada bing don't care absolutely works well there are a few patches left so if you do write a review, you're getting a patch and you're also in with a chance of winning one of the books or both the books even. But and I would like to mention that I've been terrible with the patches this week, guys. I'm so sorry. I've just had a mental few days at home. So trying to get on top of all of that and they will go out. They'll go out by the end of this week and I'll send them out first. And I apologize. And on that devastatingly bad bombshell, Murph, we've got to get out of here. Yeah. Hold tight for the guests this week, Rush Nation. They're massive. I massively enjoyed Cody. Um, that's going to be a wicked one. But, Murph, I will see you tomorrow. You will? Rush Nation, you can hear me tomorrow. You can hear Murph tomorrow. We'll interact with you on Twitter. But until then, as always, Russia. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 